Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And you are listening to episode 137, Take Me to Heaven, Vince. How many Take Me to Heavens do you think we've done? I mean, probably a few. We've had... I'm sure the the super fans will send in a super cut of the six times I've said that at the start of the show. <laughs> but talk about a, tr- a truly angelic guest. Is that going too far? I don't think so because he was a true gem. We spoke, of course, to a collaborator of yours and an amazing filmmaker in his own right, uh, Corey C. Waters. Corey C. Waters, yes. Uh, he is one half of the somewhat recently formed directing duo dad of which i am the other half uh and we've been collaborating really really closely now for about six or seven months i want to say maybe a little bit longer even i guess not eight or nine i don't know we 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 started working together kind of at the top half of last year and uh yeah it's been fantastic and so it was a real treat to have him on i when i first met him i was like i would love to have this guy in the podcast and little did i know that uh he would be here i think one of our last guests of 2017 and uh, now a, a full-on creative partner with me and i can see from our conversation not to belabor the point too much but i can see why you chose him as a collaborator because mm. in our conversation which was about lenses or the idea of lens being how different perspectives can shape different parts of a project and and outlooks in general. Uh, He was a man with a lot of insight uh, just in the way he approaches the world. Yeah, he's he's super thoughtful and he matches that thoughtfulness with talent. He's a good one. I don't want to... All right, we've said enough good things. Listen if you want or don't if you don't want. Yeah, Uh, fantastic, fantastic guest, fantastic episode. And fantastic sponsor, a new one to the podcast. Really, really excited to have these guys on. Uh, You know, we say this a lot, uh, but it's the truth. We really just want to talk about things that we care about. You know, we are pretty particular about sponsors. So this case is just a a really special one. Uh, It's Parabo Press. And I am a super fan of Parabo. I have used it, uh, used the brand, the company, the service to print a bunch of my photography work, um, including I got uh, a book for my girlfriend of photos when she visited LA. I've done a range of prints that I I was selling uh, prints, these three foot by four foot massive prints that are surprisingly affordable and really, really beautiful. Uh, I'm actually looking at right now, uh, I have a set of these uh, square photo prints um, I think these are the six inch ones, uh, but they're so beautiful and they're such a great thing to like add into an order or to give to someone or even to just have. It's really special to see your work printed. And uh, luckily, Parabo is offering up a free set of four inch squares, including shipping, which is like amazing. Like there is no, uh, no strings attached. And uh, we worked that deal out because I was like, I just want people to use this because that's how I, that's how I first used Parabo. I, I really can't recommend it enough. Go get uh, some four-inch squares printed for free. They're going to send them to you. They're beautiful. Uh, just use the offer code HOURS. That's H-O-U-R-S. A little simpler this time with the offer code. Usually we have to throw in a 10, a bunch of zeros. <laughs> Qualify it with any number of numbers. Yeah, nope, forget all about that. Just HOURS, H-O-U-R-S. And truly, that deal is like, it's. I can't even comprehend that. Yeah, there's you just do that. free. Shipping included. Yeah, please. <laughs> Go do it. Uh, so thank you so much to Parable Press for your patronage uh, and for sponsoring this episode. And thank you to Corey C. Waters for joining us on the episode. And then thank you listeners for listening to the episode. Hopefully Everybody. you don't come just for the intro and you enjoy it as much as we did. That's episode 137, Lens. Sonny and Chim Chim. Sonny's the little kid. Chim Chim's his monkey. And then I think the monkey had like a little bird too by the end of it. Like they were three mascots deep on Speed Racer. I'm going to say I hope you don't mind my 
my commentary, but it that sounded like a more pained throat clear than normal. How is how's the larynx? Mm, larynx is good. Hang on, let me check. That son of a bitch. All right, we're not going to say. He did the early. We're not going to say who that was. Don't address it. I feel like people. It was maybe a nice tease because I think people could pick up a few of the characteristics of his voice and maybe start to put some of the puzzle pieces together. I know that they got quite a few detective listeners who love to just sit here in this first section of the show and guess. PIs and gumshoes, I think, make up about 70% of that's our, our listener base. That's our main audience. Uh, larynx is good, Vinny. You know, I just, you, you know what I think it is? I've had it more of a buildup because the only time I really clear my throat is pre-episode. It's in this uh, this little section here. Oh, so at, you get quite a backlog when it, we don't speak it, for a while. Yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> it's like not getting not working out or something where I'm just like sore. I'm sore. The, and then the first time I do it, I, I kind of overexert. We haven't uh-huh. recorded in nigh upon a couple of fortnights <laughs> <laughs> well we've had it's been a fortnight then a recording then another fortnight so yeah you've been your your release valves have been getting rusty yeah i i was due uh so i'm feeling a lot better now uh vinny whew, all that aside can i just ask you something I, yeah you know what vince please. i want to just be direct i found myself mm. so often just kind of dancing around it dancing around what I want about my dreams, my hopes, my desires. And I've actually been talking to a life coach who's, who's guiding me and is saying, ask for what you want. You know, just just go for it. Be direct. A friend of mine used to have a poster on her wall and it said, if I don't ask, I don't get. Well, I thought it was, was like, going to say, if I don't ask, who will? <laughs> well, that, you know, that's a different poster. Also a good poster, I would say. Hmm. So, Vinny... I'm going to ask. Wait, or should I? No, no, hold on. I'm going to go back to one here. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going <laughs> to... Vinny! Marks, Marks. Vince! Mm. What have you been working on? What have you been putting your time into? Uh, well, we just... I, I think after the last time I talked to you, uh, the Comcast work that I've been working on all summer finally went like national TV live. So they're going to say it went viral. <laughs> no, not that yet. But if you have a television and you have cable, there is a good chance you'll run into it. So that's really exciting. My first ever national. Congratulations, spot, so. buddy. Thank you. Is there Thank maybe you. a YouTube or anything like link? We can... Yes, there is. There definitely is. We'll, we'll show that in the old YouTube. Um, besides that, work here, there. I'm actually being pretty lazy lately. Love it. It's that fall <laughs> you kind know, of slump, right? Yeah, the sun is not around anymore, and it's I don't feel industrious, but Post I'm trying to... savings time, you lost yeah, an hour. Exactly. Maybe our listeners, maybe some of our listeners are participating, but it's, it is national, or is, November is Novel Writing Month, right? So what is that? What's the acronym that I'm forgetting? No Shave. No. Uh, I think that's different. <laughs> okay, wait. <laughs> So no, anyway. but there is. It's National Novel Oh, Nana Month. Remo or something, right? Yeah, Nana Remo. So I've been trying so, to keep up with that as well. That's so silly. That's such a silly <laughs> acronym. Grant, what about you? What have you been putting your time into recently? You know, I got to say, and I'm going to drop a, li- a little hint for those PIs that were, were puzzling it together. Can I say that? Yeah, of course. Uh, puzzle, yeah, I think puzzling it together. Uh, nor- normally people say puzzling, that that was a puzzling thing, but, you know, they're puzzling. They're putting the pieces solving. together. Yeah, 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 they're solving. Uh, I've been I've been working with our guest quite a bit. Uh, it's been a bit intense, actually. I think we've, bu- we've just been kind of burning it at both ends. And that's uh, the wick for those of you who don't know the expression. <laughs> yeah, and I like to imagine us like sitting on like uh, suspended, like no gravity on on either end of a of a pretty squat candle. And it's, we're both kind of on fire, and we're both the wick, and it's like spinning and rotating through space. That's how I see our collaborations right now. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of filmmaking and a lot of photo shooting uh, with our guest. And our guest today is, uh, what an honor, really a real pleasure. Uh, he's a cinematographer. I guess he's a director. I don't mean, I don't mean to say it's like so, but I, I guess he's a director. We've been co-directing a bunch of stuff, and uh, we actually have a little bit of a directing duo uh known as dad 
It's DAD. Yes, I believe you teased this in an earlier episode. So that's a teaser for the pre-teaser teaser, and now we're here finally. I at- <laughs> on a, on a long enough timeline, all of my teasers pay off. <laughs> and uh, you know, that's, that's so, true without further that's ado true. please can, can we welcome uh, mr Corey c waters uh cinematographer director filmmaker photographer creative soul to the podcast wow creative soul you just inspired a new instagram bio oh no <laughs> what have we done <laughs> welcome Corey. we got an in-person uh cory and i are both in let's just say sunny los angeles i don't know it's not that sunny Hazy. Is it not that sunny? Is it? Oh, you got sort of the small girl going on today. Yeah, I'm definitely it, affecting the sunset. Yesterday. It makes for beautiful sunsets, as we we saw yesterday. It's like phenomenal. But I'm, I'm happy for it. You know, it's really nice, and it's really nice, Corey, to have you on. Finally, I've heard so many things about you, and I've heard about the new project, and now I get to hear from you. From I want to say from the horse's mouth. I feel like that. When you say it to a person's... It feels weird. Yeah, it does. It does. But, you know, maybe I'll just instead do the honors of asking you, what are you putting your time into recently? What are you working on? <laughs> uh, I'm pretty comfortable with the horse's mouth. That feels pretty good. Huh. Um, I think, uh, the uh, definitely, I think Grant touched on it, but the most of my time has been going into the dad project, the co-directing, whether it's video, photo fashion just all around we've just been going at it together and putting in a lot of time burning that burning that like by the way when you when you said we're just swinging through space i imagined our bitmojis oh yeah on this wick because we're pretty active bitmoji users and we have very similar looking bitmojis (laughs) it's kind of phenomenal (laughs) it really is special especially we're in I don't think I've ever been in so many group texts with someone oh, because we have so many, you know, the new age of collaboration. Nobody wants to fucking email. So we're, everything, I don't hate it, but I, I've, I've grown to appreciate it more, but it is exhausting, tough, dude. I want to separate the social and the, Ugh. and the work. It's, it's, it's tough it to do. It really is. I, I actually think one of the reasons, uh, it's so beneficial or I think helpful for both of us to work together is because it keeps it lighter knowing we have somebody else like in the mix on it and it's not all just like that heavy weight of res- responding but totally. both of our bitmojis are, are flying around the text <laughs> maybe we can show notes a uh, bitmojis i, like I think we ought to hey so, i'm sorry to break the uh the fourth wall here for a second uh grand do you have the call recorder running mm-hmm. all right cool my garage band just like completely exploded shut the old bed yeah it did so i'm That's back cool. in well, it and recording now but Cool. Yeah, that's no problem. We can always. Uh, I can split out uh, your file from the call recorder too, and cool. so uh, our locals would still line up. Great. So I'll just I'll just be missing the intro, but we're good to go. Hopefully, this makes it in. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> this. You mean this part? Yeah. This meta part. <laughs> I, I hope not. So we'll see. Um, all right. Sorry. Sorry. Bitmoji's flying. Yeah. Hectically. Um. Yeah. I guess time wise. The dad projects, there's a few uh, going on at the same time and a few that are finishing up and a few that are just starting and due to the nature of our obsession with being productive and creative. Um, But also uh, I do cinematography quite a bit too on uh, a freelance level and that I'm actually going to be going to Mexico from this, uh, like I guess a week, Tuesday to Monday, this upcoming Tuesday to Monday which should be pretty fun uh, shooting on film, which is always a great excuse to take any job because it's, it's like getting Christmas presents when you're a kid, when you finally get the scans back. It's true. Um, yeah. Uh, creatively that, that, that's, <laughs> it sounds so, uh, it sounds so small in scope, like, Oh yeah, dad stuff, freelance stuff, but it's like every day. I don't think I go two or three hours without being in lean, at least in Isn't that one of like the cruelest ironies is that like so many of our <clears throat> tens and hundreds of hour long projects can be summarized in like a few <laughs> yeah. second long words. One minute and 30 seconds on Vimeo. Yeah, seriously. Especially with filmmaking, the masochistic process that it is. And then when you boil that down, it's just like... <laughs> yeah Yeah. that like sad but knowing laugh is is like the perfect embodiment of like 
the amount of creative work that <laughs> producing something really small takes. I suppose like a novel too. There's, you know, just <laughs> even in my extremely humble roots, like I recently like chopped a chapter down from almost like 42 pages to like 10 pages. Wow. And I was, I just thought to myself how many hours just hit the cutting room floor and that's on like an amateur scale and a small scale i can't even imagine what a film editor feels like yeah did that feel good in any way uh it felt i was proud of my the what's the word discipline Mm -hmm. i was happy with myself that i brought myself to do it but it didn't i didn't specifically feel good i wouldn't say it like that i mean that's tough like trying to pick between valuing the allegiance to the creative versus the work can be a tough one sometimes, especially after so many hours. That's a tough thing to cross that wall. Sometimes. It sure is. And I, th- I think not to, not to set myself up for a comment, but uh, <laughs> I think it really is a matter of perspective when it comes to like how you view not only the work itself, but the way that in which you approach the work and that is precisely what we're talking about today. It's a diversity in ways that you can consume work and look at work, but also, maybe more importantly, the ways in which you can view the work that you're creating, the different lenses through which you can look at the work. I, I like to picture you, Vince, as like, especially when we're either segueing or you're introducing the topic or something. You like tr- you try to kind of point away from you're like oh what is that and then it, you like pull out a ball and you just set it on the tee and you're like oh subtle misdirection I guess yeah. I might just I guess hit we're this off a game. yeah <laughs> uh, so lenses we're talking about lenses it seems uh, lazy and perfect <laughs> it's <laughs> really yeah Corey. well so, something I've, something I've been impressed with uh, with Corey in general is is definitely uh, from a cinematography standpoint his lens selection you know his ability to to actually pick the right lens but i think um the ability beyond the physical lens to understand uh, we're we're going to dive right into it but understand the viewpoint of the people you're interacting with uh, the lens through which they see the world and then like uh respond uh accordingly i i feel like cin- or like filmmaking is such a collaborative process it's just like there's just so much going on that knowing which lenses to use is uh, it's a such a skill. But I, maybe I guess you could start us up. Maybe we take a little bit of a step back. Cord, do you just want to talk how, uh, about how you got into cinematography, filmmaking, kind of a little bit of your roots? Yeah, um, I got into cinematography because I was running around with some friends. We were working on music projects together. And we simultaneously got into music and cameras and we're kind of pushing each other to make our own content for this group. And uh, I really took to it. I, I went to recording school here in L.A. And You're an L.A. native. L.A. native. Yep. yep. And uh, went to school for ultimately mixing, became a mixing engineer and then through uh, engineering really kind of was also fostering this love of cinematography, really just holding a camera and and using a camera and making dumb videos of (laughs) like LA in the fog and putting a Bon Iver track and calling myself a filmmaker, which you can't find on Vimeo anymore because they're all deleted. But um, those kind of like exploratory things where you're just like, what is this thing? This feels so powerful. Um, But I got obsessed. Like Vimeo has this... uh, I think it was Vimeo or it might still be Vimeo video school and they have like what are lenses how to mm. use a tripod and I, I think I've watched every single video that's they, possibly they actually available partnered with uh, story and heart and we had one of the story and heart founders on here oh sweet great episode yeah back in the day Portland episode but yeah right yeah yeah that's uh, there's so many resources and like YouTube YouTube oh my god it's like yeah it's such a game changer I mean I'm I've never uh like <clears throat> Without, I don't want to like toot my own horn, but as a kid in school, I was really able to get by without, <laughs> without really having to do anything. Just being able to kind of understand subjects pretty easily and and being able to pick things up pretty quickly, I was able to totally scrape by without having to put in much work. And then 
with, first with music and audio, like that's kind of when the bug started itching with being proactive in my own education. But then when cinematography came into my appreciation in life, it was just like total downhill. It was like, I was obsessed and I'm still mm. currently like, I can't, I, I don't go a single day without either looking into camera technology, sensors, lenses, lighting, just techniques. And it's purely, purely obsessed. Mm. I, I feel like maybe this is one of the first points in the lens conversation that I can think of it in being scrappy, working with what you have. The best lens is the one you have. The best camera is the one you have. Uh, I, I feel like the mentality of just making it happen and figuring it out with the least amount of effort is a really helpful skill as an artist, potentially, especially as you get going, uh, in that when you're doing that for things you don't want to do, that's where you learn that skill, like going to school and you're like, oh, I don't want to do math. What's the easiest way for me to get through this? And then when you have that mentality and you're able to optimize and just figure out, oh, what is the least amount of effort I have to give to scrape by and, and accomplish this task or this goal? And then you apply it to stuff that you fucking love. Totally. You go crazy. I mean, it's yeah. like, it's like kerosene and, and <laughs> like fire. Yeah, it, totally. It's like, uh, the toolbox, like just when you have a bunch of tools, you can do fucking anything. I mean, we talk about this on the show all the time, the like creative revolution, the access to, to tools and information that, and I think that's something I've appreciated about you as we, as we started working together, it was like, Oh yeah, we'll just look up a YouTube tutorial because <laughs> yeah. yeah. they're every. I mean, anything you want to do, you can pretty much figure it out. I feel like there's probably Man. a YouTube tutorial on how to find the right YouTube tutorial. Yeah. For what you're <laughs> for. <laughs> and I mean, that's true in of itself, which is which is like a fun, like logical extreme. But I don't know if there's any topic, any reoccurring topic on our show, Grant, that comes up as frequently and is as contentious as the resource revolution. The ability for almost anyone to access the tools to not necessarily reach the the zenith of any particular mm -hmm. craft, but at least to break into any particular craft. It's fascinating because at risk of rehashing those arguments again, sure. I think it there's a real meaningful question to be asked about standard of quality within a creative pursuit. And I think, correct me please if I'm wrong, but film is one of those places where that is not being felt as painfully because I feel like there are connective barriers, there are talent barriers, and there are still resource barriers to getting into filmmaking that perhaps something like photography doesn't experience. More so, yeah, definitely more so than photography. And we, we've even talked about this on the show. The reason I got, I got into any level of photography was as an escape from the complexity of filmmaking. And it can be simple, and people do things on shoestring, but it is, more, it is just by the nature of it, more moving parts, more images, more complicated. And so, yeah, I, I don't think it... So I, I guess, what are you, is what you're saying, are you saying that there's less of that... Uh, I'm just wondering aloud the implications thereof hmm. does that does what does that mean if you compare the photography industry to the filmmaking industry is there a higher assumed level of quality in filmmaking or is that like a manufactured argument by people who are in the inn in different industries who want to stop the barriers from being broken down totally uh man that's such a that's an interesting topic i feel like um, without being too judgmental, there's, there's a lot of pretty questionable content I see at the highest level mm -hmm. and some exceptional content at the lowest level. Um, and like some of my favorite things that I've ever seen are like some dude with like a camera and like this weird idea and it like has burned its place in my head and that's like with nothing, literally nothing and like free stuff that you can get for mm -hmm. editing or post-processing. And then, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think like the standard of quality is so, uh, it feels kind of loose mm. in, in some ways. I mean, I know that there's like, we're, we kind of were at the golden age for TV, 
people spoke about that a lot. I mean, like with shows like Breaking Bad and Mad Men and like all this really great dramatic content on TV. And, and I still feel like there's a lot of that, but because of the ease of access, I think for a lot of things and like people just wanting content, Mm -hmm. it just, there's so much where it's, it's, it's overwhelmingly subpar. Yeah. I do you think there's a dilutive, uh, characteristic or, or a dilutive property happening because there's a dilution in attention mm-hmm. and then be- because of access to content there's a dilution in value of content and then there's a dilution of the of the budgets and I feel like the resources are it's I guess it's becoming more extreme it almost seems like and totally. eh, yeah yeah, but I do think there is like still a pretty big gap in v- like video. I, I I think there's like a the photography game is like insane. It, it's yeah. just like everyone is photographer. Mm-hmm. There's just you know there everyone is maybe documentarian in terms of video, but like the term filmmaker, I think, and I don't even care or mean it in a prestige way, but I th- do think it's just way less accessible. Like just there's just there there's just more barriers still. Totally, yeah. I mean, like the moving parts idea <laughs> alone, like the the amount of time and people that it can take to make a project, like even just a short film, is can be overwhelming for a lot of people. So there's that. That's a tough one to mm-hmm. get over. Am I answering so, your question? I feel like. Oh, I think it did. I did. I think it was. You know, the answers were even more than the question was worth, given how open-endedly I'd phrased it but what you say brings up an interesting point and it also referencing back to at the very beginning of this episode when Grant was introducing you talking about you know he is a director cinematographer kind of struggling to put you in one category or another I what I don't want to do is bring up the the classic conversation about multi-hyphenatism but what I do want to ask is I assume you are playing all those roles and more on set, both of you. Uh, specifically, though, for you, Corey, what does the cinematographer lens look like? And what does the director lens look like? And what does other lenses that Corey has look like? Wow. Um, well, I think definitely the cinematographer lens is uh, what what is the best way to tell this story visually? And, and that goes in conjunction with, because you are um, an extension of the director in, in maybe a technical way with with how you use that. And, and, and so the director then having that lens is the allegiance to the story and the performance. And, and I see those two as being, you can't, you couldn't get a closer bond because those things you're basically doing the same thing as, as a director you're telling the story as a cinematographer you're telling the story with the camera and and doing that in conjunction with the director but you're also as a cinematographer telling the story with other members of the crew by whether it's like the placement of props or like how the lighting is working to to lend itself to whatever the emotional moment might be or you know if it touches on everything and like even I I get kind of involved quite a bit with the post process on a lot of projects that I'm on um, just because I have a good amount of experience dealing with it myself and like everything from even scoring because I like have the musical background I've scored a few projects that I've uh, done and put out and then you know even been involved with the edit and and I think one of the best things about the multi-hyphenate thing and which is something I appreciate about Grant is that like having the multi-hyphenate what'd you call it multi-hyphenatism <laughs> having yeah having, having the multi- <laughs> Wait, another about, favorite about, topic multi-hyphenacity yeah he has the multi-hyphenacity <laughs> to both are, to both appreciate. are now acceptable <laughs> I love it um he has the multi-hyphenacity uh, that's the word um to uh to appreciate the 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 goal the goal meaning like the project and where the project is going and going to end up and being able to look at it with all of the different lenses because there's so many ones especially on a film project and and what I think makes a great director is somebody to, that can quickly 
switch between the perspective of the different lenses throughout all the people involved in the process. Because an actor goes onto a set with, you know, so much else on his mind than what the gaffer goes onto a set with. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, there's such a, there's, it's so all across the board. And, and so I'd say that um, something I really appreciate about directing and which is why I, 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 I don't anymore because we've done so many projects now, but I did hesitate at first to even say director with, mm-hmm. with my name because it is such a, I have such a respect for it. It's, it's so impressive to me still the amount of time and the amount of focus and dedication that you need as a director to be a good director. It's like, that's such a tough thing to do. And, and it's something I really appreciate when I work with really good directors. It's, it's just mind blowing and impressive. I, I feel like it's like, for me, it goes in terms of prestige. It's like doctor, director, <laughs> physicist. This, those are the only two. I yeah, mean, yeah, that's it. No, yeah. Man. Forget the rest. Doctor. <laughs> yeah. There's some, no, sorry. Uh, yeah, man, it's it's exhausting, huh? It's it's exhilarating, but the I do think there is a and worth it. Yeah, it's totally worth it, and I, I do think there's such a big jump. Um, <laughs> so like it, uh, I was talking with someone who's like directing her first thing um, uh, soon, and it's like she's so good at so many things, but it is such a big just like conceptual jump in your own head to start directing something because it just feels so fucking personal and like like you said man everybody's got different gosh i filmmaking and like set stuff it's just so interesting to me it just it feels like such a heightened reality and such like a it's like a short real world episode yeah basically (laughs) yeah it's like a performance and it's like you know you just have so much so much energy going into that um, and so the ability to to consider the motivations of everyone involved and just literally absorb their bullshit too, just yeah. like oh my god, <laughs> so I really appreciate it now. Yeah. Oh my god. People are so, so particular and interesting, and and at times so unwilling to bend, and and that's difficult sometimes for me to comprehend because I try to bend for people. I want to make my interaction with people so easy yeah and and i want them to feel comfortable and safe and and encouraged and, and some people are just i don't know yeah you, well I, know. I, I feel like we probably are on the same page with this i don't know we maybe even use the same terms but we're just trying to build a fucking playground that we can all run around on totally and what i what we don't want to happen is for somebody to like ruin the playground for us first of all but it's like you're on a playground like yeah what is so wrong here I but know. uh i I feel like this is a helpful uh, directing is probably real helpful for parenting. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh my god. Uh, we veer so, dangerously off. No, no, we're veering on. If ah. that's possible, we're both veering and we're on track. Okay, now, now I'm picturing two parallel trains. Corey and I are two parallel trains over here. Emojis, and we just keep like smash. Yeah, yeah. Instead, instead of driving them from the inside, we're both like riding them like horses, and, and we've got like steering wheels, and we just keep like uh, bumper cars. We're just like slamming them into each other. <laughs> I, you know, I like it. Bumper trains would be a lot less fun because they have to be on tracks, you know. But true. Uh, but, you know what do I know about it I'm just being a naysayer yeah, and f- what I'm doing you, is Vince. illustrating <laughs> one of the many lenses that we can put on our, our eyes when we're doing creative work sometimes you have to wear the lens of the critic and sometimes you have to wear the lens of the collaborator and sometimes you have to wear the lens of the client and you have to wear a lot of different lenses what my question is to you guys now are what are the lenses you want to avoid wearing? And I'll I'll, I'll ade- amend I'll amend this question with a semi personal anecdote. Uh, I have a semi personal. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's for, it's personal to me, but it's about another person. Okay. Uh, there's a a YouTube content creator in the video game sphere that I watch frequently, and he was talking on one of his videos recently. What's it? I, is this the big one? Pooty. What's his name? Uh, no, there, there are some. Okay, this okay, one's okay. Na- This guy is named Northern Lion. He's really awesome. You should Got check it. him out, especially we'll if you love video it. games. Um, he was talking about how you have to be careful about putting 
the fan hat on. That's how what he called it. But it was it was looking at his content through a lens. Because if he starts worrying too much about what people want to see, the content becomes inevitably manufactured feeling. Hmm. So you have to be both cognizant of what your viewers want, but careful not to play too much into it, lest the content itself suffer. What I want to ask you guys is, do you have that experience or do you have a similar experience where you have to sort of avoid looking at the situation from a certain perspective because it can be harmful to the process? Hmm. I feel like one of the benefits, well, to me, I, I just really like co-directing in general. I mean, I, I think there's value to, to individual directing and stuff too, but just like the creative partnership aspect really helps me in in almost protecting myself from getting too caught up in what I think someone like someone wants to see because I have a safe, like we've been talking about like ping pong. It's like heightening. It's just like you hit the ball back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And to me, there's a big difference in like Forrest Gump, like practicing off of a, a perpendicular ping pong wall where I'm just hitting it back at myself. That, that feels like I, w- I would be more likely to pander or to do something maybe more safe or stupid Definitely. or shitty. And so I, that, that's why like, I, th- I, I find in creative partnership, I'm way less concerned about any sort of audience. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, that, the audience perspective. Oh, and our, I feel like I say our, but our audience is like, we're, we're such fans ourselves of stuff that we're, to me, the audience that I give a shit about is like, not just other filmmakers, but it's like my creative hero. You know what it's like? Totally. It's like the, it's a little bit, not highbrow, but I feel like more, you know, well, it, there's layers to that too. I, I've always thought like making something that can be accessed by someone with way less like in knowledge or referential knowledge and then having things for someone at every layer, like that's a real treat too. Totally. Yeah, like the mm. tidbits for parents in, in Pixar movies. Yeah, exactly, like the, exactly that. Yeah, totally. That and that is such a great point because what I think makes really like wonderful and rich and rewarding content content being a very sterile word for any sort of creative pursuit but it's when the creator and and i can appreciate creators who create for a very specific audience they should be commended for what they do as well but i always appreciate it when the creator allows for people with who only have access to a certain amount of lenses who still are able to enjoy mm. the content on multiple levels. And Pixar is a pretty over-the-plate but great example Perfect, yeah. of it because, you know, they make amazing imaginative children's films, but films that adults always appreciate when they go to see them. Right. I think a great an- another great example is, like, comedy for comedians. Uh, I think, like, do you guys listen to the podcast... How did this get made? Yeah, huge fan. Yeah, I'm great to go to show. A live show actually. Yo, actually, I, <laughs> wait. Oh, uh, yeah. They have like this. Uh, this is this is very you know time stampy. But in December they've got this uh, the PCAST blast as they're calling it. Have you seen this? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's no. like it's like it's like a mini podcast festival. It's like how did this get made? Hollywood Handbook, Comedy Bang Bang. <laughs> I think the I'm real heavy hitters. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that sounds awesome, but they've been criticized when I, when I've shared them with my friends, they feel like it's sort of inaccessible because I would call yeah. that show both comedy for comedians and the, the topics are very insider. And so they have a specific lens through which you need to view their show to, to I think gain, mm. get the most out of it. Mm-hmm. Where do you guys see the value in, in both approaches? It's a classic discussion between you know artistic appeal and mass appeal and where those intersect not to even mention commercial appeal but i i think on a more nuanced level when you're even talking within artistic appeal who to appeal to and maybe you can appeal to multiple types of people or maybe you're not worried about that at all i'm that's my question to you both Hmm. that's a that's a tough one um 
Yeah, I mean, it kind of the, the one of the complicating factors I think is not just economic, but there is a certain economic complication to let's just not just economic, but uh, even attention as capital. Like totally. so so figuring out what matters to you is I think step one and figuring out what you need in order like for me the the real big thing has always just been like can I survive to create another month basically <laughs> you know that's really been the game and then once you once you okay now I can create for oh I got a couple months of runway now like what where can I what can I uh, set aside to invest into a creative product you know and then your eyes get bigger and bigger but those do have like elements of audience in terms of the greater audience or uh, like for example we're we are i mean Corey has been and i have been separately in in different ways we've both been kind of like carving this music video path out i feel like now we're starting to get some really good traction in it Mm -hmm. like i don't want to you know i normally am not even that complimentary of any level of thing you know but i do think we're making like good headway definitely in that like specific industry um and like the factors there too are are interesting. Like, so I don't even, I don't even know. It's like what, what's important to me there is there's like the several layers. There's like the actual people who watch the videos. I want them to be dope as fuck for mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. There's like the industry people who are the ones who would hire us. Right. There's artists who maybe would be someone we connect with. It's just yeah. like I I kind of err on the side of sorry mom just making dope shit. Wow. Just because like. I feel so. One of the things I guess we're going to talk your about mo- your mom just like flicked off her <laughs> yeah. FM radio that this is yeah. coming out of. Exactly. I won't stand for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she just like I, I just imagine her just wagging her finger, not even saying <laughs> her anything. middle finger too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, but that, that that approach, making making dope shit. Yeah. Like if if I know that I can get Grant excited about an idea. I'm off to a good start. Mm-hmm. And, and then having that, that balance of, of having that ping pong effect of the creative back and forth is so, it makes me feel so secure because we're not, I don't think good at bullshitting each other yeah, and, and nor have any kind of desire to, because we ultimately just want to make something really great. And I feel like if that is the intention that will yield, even if it takes time for you to figure out exactly how to make great things, you need you, you need to focus on that just make something great and and i guess when it comes to what you were talking about with the content being for the built-in audience or for the higher brow i i don't know i, I think people like watching the same stuff which is why reruns were so successful and why netflix is able to do so well with with having so many shows that people have already seen or um, but I think people want to see new stuff more mm-hmm. than anything and they might not know it because they haven't been uh, given a whole bunch of new stuff lately because I mean I'm not trying to like point fingers or anything but the superhero stuff is is so overwhelming he's pointing at me I've been overwhelmed <laughs> yeah I've been, I've been so overwhelmed with superhero yeah, movies it's safe it's it's so I'm so bored yeah it's so boring man I mean that is the that is the challenge of this right is like doing something new we've Seth Godin we've quoted that so many times anytime you're doing something that hasn't been done no one's going to tell you to do it totally I, again, I just come back to the partnership thing, not to be too fucking schmoozy on this, uh, but to me, that's what makes it, 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 to me, like us co-directing stuff has been, it is just such a, such a particular and safe situation because y- I know that within me, I have the potential to do fucking amazing stuff, but like every time you start introducing outside factors, it either gets diluted or misguided or it, it has the potential to at least. And so I we think- yeah. Oh man, we are scraping the surface of a really huge and important topic. It's it's sort of a political theory topic, which mm. is opinion equilibrium, mm. and it, it operates under the assumption that the best possible system of government is a benevolent dictator who has the best interests of everyone in mind. And can, I do think in filmmaking, correct? That is like correct. But I well so that well here it is though in filmmaking it probably is closer to correct because the stakes are lower if you have a tyrannical director all that happens is that 
a couple people lose a few months of happiness and then um, money gets wasted and a bad film is made. But why you, you're describing why the benefits of introducing one other mm, opinion yes, and okay, okay. is are two co-working benevolent dictators even better? Well, then what about five? Well, then what about 10? And suddenly oligarchy. you're at democracy again. Oh, I think maybe an oligarchy is the way I want to operate the film. <laughs> totally. A, a, a nice term to invoke and the correct one. I think, I mean, it makes sense. And a small console of people that you trust is really the best possible scenario, right? Because there are just enough opinions to check and balance mm -hmm. everyone else's, but you are not yet at a critical mass where productivity is halted. Mm -hmm. Especially when money isn't the goal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, like if that was the goal, I'd be doing such other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I... I guess the question then, since that was not a question at all, it was just a, a ramble. It's would do you guys think that you would be even better served if there was a third grant no, no, inquiry? No, no, no. Here's what here's what it is. There is an inner sanctum, and I think we've been slowly slowly building it. Um, and the third the third entity in this situation would be a producer, definitely. And I think we've worked with a couple people. We're kind of feeling that out, but that's where you start to. It's almost like department heads. I mean, it is department heads, but you, mm -hmm. you start introducing people that are in the next layer. So, like, we can have kind of the an intense ping pong game right here in the in the middle, and then it's like we start to kind of Pass open it. that circle up, and then I think that's where it goes. Yeah, like Coen Brothers style with, like, they have the same crew and the same people that they trust because mm -hmm. they know they're not going to be a bunch of yes men, and they're going to tell them how they really feel. Mm-hmm. Well, I I you know heard that it here first. We're better than the Coen Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I well, so it's oh, from what man. I understand. I haven't been through it specifically myself, so I can't say with authority. But from what I understand, one of the major pitfalls of startupism is when you have when you go all in with a group of people, and the group is not a good group. The group maybe right. it looks like a good group. But it turns out the group has serious that, weaknesses. That's a way to go all in. Yeah, we, we've we've talked a lot about the parallels between set and startups. I've talked a lot on this show about how one of the cool things to me about a startup is that you get to build a culture, you get to create a brand, and you kind of get to do that over and over again while retaining some of it with filmmaking. I think the beauty of filmmaking is we get to test it out pretty frequently. If you're, if you're, I think as director directors keeping the thread alive as in like making good work and like, can, like making sure the project does well, then you can try people out over and over and like you bring some with you, you cut some loose. Mm -hmm. And so it's way less of an all in totally. And it's way more of like a, a people kind of get like tested and they kind of, there's like a bit of a building process, you know, yeah, maybe the definitely. rate starts to go up, maybe the responsibilities in, move up. Isn't that easier said than done, especially when different lenses come into play especially when the friend lens mm. comes into play and you've gone in with your friends, but one of your friends, maybe they're not a good partner. Maybe they're a bad podcast co-host who doesn't hold up their end of the bargain. Whoa. Or maybe, maybe they're Whoa. part of us. <laughs> that that's, that's supposed to be self-deprecating, but I oh. realized that it, could, it came there. across oh, as no. possibly just deprecating. <laughs> so I apologize, redact that from the record. But I, I know you've even had your own, you know, struggles with startups and joining yeah. a, you know, a contingency of people where you were close with the with the people that were involved and right. then it, it turned out for the worst. S such is the danger of it, but it's also the beauty of it. I think it's like the beautiful risk, you know? Mm. Totally. It's mm -hmm. it's like any Marriage. relationship. <laughs> Are you asking me to <laughs> No yeah, it, it's like yes. any relationship. It's like a it's a trust fall and obviously there's a potential to get hurt. Right. Which and, I guess which is great about filmmaking because it's like it's job to job. It is kind of job to job. You know, it's not like I'm stuck with this guy for four things. It's like if it didn't work out on this one, see ya. Bye. Yeah. And and we, I don't think, like, you touched on the friend thing. Uh, that's, I don't think that's a really an issue. I think, especially if 
if if you're able to separate i'm so easy uh when it comes to being able to separate my work life and my social life like when when i'm working i'm i, I can be social and be friendly and, and be friendly with people but like when it comes down to it i'm still gonna like get the job done and like yeah. I'm, my, that the, the work is gonna I, definitely prioritize it, it does get somewhat complicated in terms of especially filmmaking as a practice or a discipline is like seemingly accessible and it is accessible to most people like more so than like we would ha- we have friends on occasionally to like pa production assist like just be their hands you know mm-hmm. vince would you would never have a buddy come like hang out at the office and like <laughs> <laughs> you know like the, the equivalent of that would be like uh like a front like secretary uh, like de- front desk worker which is like yeah a way more specific and like administrative kind of role. So I feel like it's like a more of a free flowing kind of creative thing. I do think that sometimes gets complicated because there is like some like there, it it is somewhat militaristic, although it seems like it's not on a set. And I don't know. So I do think that sometimes the lines get blurred there and it is a little bit difficult, but, but of course that is like the exciting part of it as well. Absolutely. And, and I mean, not to answer my own question, a classic tactic, but I believe... What's that over and, there, guys? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's got to be like just something you learn to do. Balancing those lenses, knowing when to switch between friend mode, collaborated yeah, mode, and director mode, or, you know, commander mode. Because at the end of the day, someone needs to be making the decisions. Totally. And, and if even with two votes are split 50-50... Like something has to be done. Grab a you fucking lens both. and put it on there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like honestly, so. sometimes that's. The- <laughs> Just press but, record, and speaking bro. of, <laughs> yeah. speaking of which, let's grab a different lens, throw it on the camera that is ten thousand hours, and, and look at the conversation a different way. Let's talk about an off-topic topic. Let's talk about something that, you know it doesn't you know it doesn't like relate. Germane. Nothing. Germane it's not completely topic. or necessarily. Corey. Have we decided? Danny. You know, let's decide then. Let's just go. Let's go in on it and do something we've never done on the show before. The off-topic topic is the same. Wow. As the topic, except for it's interpreted differently. It's viewed with a different lens. The word lens through a different lens. Corey, do you wear contact lenses? Do you wear? I do. You do wear contact lenses. Let's talk about those. Uh, let's talk about what it means. I often have said. There's a, a theory I like to tout. It, it's not really a theory of anything. It's what real life inventions are broken, quote unquote broken in the gaming sense, meaning they shouldn't exist. They're overpowered. And I think <laughs> contact lenses are one of these. It's amazing to me. It seems like we are not evolved enough as a technological species to have contact lenses. Tiny little silicon you know, whatever coverings, coverings that go directly on your eye that cure vision loss. That's incredible. Totally. Uh, it's, it's crazy how simple it is too. I mean, how lenses work. It's just, it's shifting focus. And the reason that people don't see very well is just because they can't focus properly and, and, l- and contact lenses can help them to do that and ab- able uh, give them the ability to focus. That's why it goes fuzzy. It looks like a, a lens that's out of focus on a camera. And, and it's, it's, I mean, I, I hate to also play it down so much. It's so simple. Go onto YouTube and you can make your own contact lenses because it's definitely not that, but <laughs> it, it is like, a, it's, it's simple in, in, in concept. And, and I, I think it is truly incredible. Like the idea of lenses alone, it, it, all of them, it, for everything from camera lenses to contact lenses, that to me, I, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's incredible. Magic. Like even like between the lenses, how different lenses can look. And, and even though they're close together in focal length and like going back to photography, cinematography, lenses that are just a couple millimeters off in, in size, they're just... It's crazy. It's crazy how different the world can be warped, especially when you spend enough time looking at it and observing it and mm-hmm. appreciating what it what it does. Um, yeah, d- couldn't LASIK couldn't too. Literally uh, taking lasers. What? I don't qualify. Oh, okay. It sucks. What? What? Do you know what one needs to qualify? Oh, um, yeah. I can't because of like a couple of conditions that I have huh. eye wise. When I close one eye, the other one shakes rapidly left to right. 
and oh, vice wow. versa. And, and that's that's crazy. Yeah. It does? Yeah. No, not to you. Oh. No, no, no. It's just me. Okay. Uh, and, well, like other people that have it. We're and... both, we're both alternating <laughs> our hands you know, over yeah, our yeah. there. I'm also, you know, not uh, suitable for LASIK because oh. my vision problem is You're scar tissue related. driver, right? <laughs> I'm legally blind in my left eye because of scar tissue. I mean, really? That that was a true 10K callback for me. I mean, that it's it has to have been like 50 episodes since I it's called been you a multiple shit years. driver. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a really big topic. I feel like season two, it was every episode, every other episode. <laughs> yeah, it became... I, I, I developed a bit of a... What's the word for it? Like a... Armor? A sensitivity to it. No, oh, no, oh, the opposite. Oh, I thought you got like a calloused and it was just... No, like, no, no, quite... Quite the opposite. A trigger. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Sorry, buddy. It's a neuroses. <laughs> yeah. I. So that's the. Tr- that's really the strange thing. LASIK surgery is obviously like far more advanced and also a miracle technology in and of itself. To me, that seems like it makes more sense to me. It makes sense that it su- should exist. Okay. Contact lenses. That's like how does yeah, this? You work? just slip them on. It is. I've never worn them. It's mysticism. No, me either. But I, so that's why I'm glad that we have someone. Who is your contact supplier? Let's give them a shout. Who's your out. contact? Contact. One eight hundred contacts. Is it? Yep. You know, I actually think I knew that because I, I do find myself, well, especially because I spend so much time spending at your spot. some time in my bathroom. Yeah, I legitimately, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I do notice like the graphics a lot of times of places, and I noticed that because they said something like, I think their tagline on there was, "You'll never run out of contacts." Yeah. Wow. What? Wait. What brand is this? 1-800-CONTACTS. 1-800-CONTACTS, one of my favorite all-time commercials. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, I guess they what? don't really make the contacts because they're, they're just more the supplier. They're like Amazon. Um, you know, and, but yeah, that's valuable too. They, we, we need those people. You know, you can't go to like every custom contact crafter. You know, you don't have those means. Yeah. I, I was thinking of like a craft contact maker, like a real like small batch. Like, <laughs> I'm sensing artisanal. Yeah, it's so we're like... Next to intelligentsia. Wait, do you wear glasses sometimes, Vince? Me? Yeah. Uh, no, I have a prescription for blank for like non-corrective lenses, though. A prescription? Yeah, I have a prescription for, for non-corrective? non-corrective lenses. Huh. What do you mean? That sounds like getting a prescription for like a prop cigarette. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or like for a prescription for placebo pills. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically because money. like I have uh, the exact uh, medical term for it is escaping me, but it's um, basically the condition where you, it, it's a milder form of having a wandering eye or like a lazy eye uh-huh. because it's blind. Like sometimes mm-hmm. uh, my eye something. drifts. Yeah. And so, so one way, like a practical hack to, to mitigate that is to give it like a really narrow focal range. So like putting a lens in front of it. Wow. That's actually something I have with my contacts too. Cause I have the same kind of thing. I've my left eye. I don't use pretty much at all and it can wander. So Sick. I'm like, wow. I'm We're, I mean, <laughs> we have so much in common. Check your DMS. Uh, guys. You know, I mean, maybe I'm not trying to say, but I am saying that maybe it's time to move on from Grant. Maybe you and I can do like a one-eyed thing you know what definitely cool man i do think it is productive like at the end of a natural run to just call quits and see your <laughs> your old partner out with your new partner and just you guys have fun <laughs> we can do like we can be like one eye cast like a, i the name needs some work but we should sit on the uh, opposing side so we're always struggling to look at each other and then, like really have a good perspective Wow, you guys have good ideas. I gotta say, this seems like it's off to a good start. <laughs> hmm. uh, well, speaking of starts, let's instead let's instead talk about finishes, finishes huh? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's bring it back in. We, you know, we flirted with disaster there for a second, Corey. And can I just go one more non sequitur, completely off the rails? Your middle name being C really threw me for a loop for a second because when Grant introduced you as Corey C Waters, I thought your last name was C Water. Like you're maybe your great grand folk yeah, were yeah, mariners. Yeah, they developed the oceans. Well, that was our Lord and Savior, actually. Definitely. <laughs> that would be thy name. Uh, Corey, would you answer a couple questions for us to wrap things up? Definitely. Regarding the sea? I don't think so in particular. <laughs> I think I speak for both Vince and I when I say, no, it's not about the sea. 
<laughs> it's, it's no, it's nothing could be further from what it's about. Uh, the first question is, Corey, how can our listeners support you? Uh, by going to, I guess, my website or my Instagram. That's the only thing I really interact on. My website just being an updated portfolio of my work, and my Instagram is where I interact with it. Yeah, the world. Maybe you go check out Dad. Ooh, dad the first dad 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 com. Yeah, find or, a dad or, or, in your neighborhood who's you know <laughs> check who's wearing it, who's working it. Uh, Preferably a single dad. We do not advocate home wrecking. And on we, this podcast. we've been slowly building the uh, at directed by dad Instagram as well. Definitely. It's you know what's one. interesting to me, and we'll show notes all those. Um, your website, by the way, is is really great. It's simple and beautiful. Um, Thank you. But. The, the social media, that question has evolved over time. Mm-hmm. Their social media contacts have changed so rapidly. Like, in our first season, I feel like people would, like, send you to their Facebooks. And then it was, oh, like, yeah. Twitter only. And now Twitter is, like, done. There's, like, no one ever sends you to their Twitter. Yeah. Like, everyone's just going to IG. Yeah, man. It's brave new world. Well, yeah, Instagram has kind of jumped uh, jumped into the driver's seat. Just being a visual thing, plus being able to like more quickly share, like, oh yeah, I don't know, it's a good for one for good reason. Yeah. It's it's a superior yeah, model a for good, sure. Uh, um, I'm a fan. Well, great. So you, you know, we can delve into the history of social media on a different cast. Well, but I don't know, man. Maybe it's no, yeah. <laughs> uh, a second question, Corey C. Waters. Um, if you would like our listeners to take one thing away from your time on the show, what one thing would you want that to be? Wow. It was a conversation about lenses. Having to do with lenses? No, it doesn't have to. I was just... You know, it can be anything you want. I was trying to buy you some time. Thanks. I yeah. actually do think sometimes, uh, again, the, there are just so many benefits to create a partnership for me. One of them <laughs> is that uh, the other person can just sort of like let let the, uh, let the, the other person do the actual work that needs to be done and they can just kind of stand there and like absorb some of the bullshit or like... Just kind of distract people while the other person gets stuff done. So sometimes I have to wear that hat and I'm just like, yeah, what? Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. And and then I'm letting Corey just sort of think of something to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're doing it while you're doing it. You're Whoa. doing it while you're explaining it. Um, oh, is that what's happening? <laughs> it's so true, though. I mean, that the ability to have that, it's just there's so much safety and, and security and... It's really Corey, nice don't stall for yourself while referencing the stall tactic. <laughs> Come on, answer the question, man. <laughs> um, sorry, it's just a good point. Um, I think being given this is a creative show on currently with the subject of lenses, I say um, take a really long look with each lens. And, and really truly appreciate it for what it is, whether that's the lens that you're using for photography or cinematography or um, the lens that you're using to look at your project. Because I think um, something that I really uh, find meaningful within my own work is my ability to to not give myself much credit in terms of like, I, I'm, I'm not going to dislike something because that was my idea in the beginning. And, and now that I see it, as I was imagining it, it's perfect. And now I can just click export and put it on Vimeo. It's like the refinement process. You know what I'm saying? The, the refinement process is something that I really enjoy. It's something I really think that a lot of people could probably spend more time on, um, including myself. Um, and not too much because you got you to gotta let your kids fly out of the it. nest. But um, take a good amount of time with each lens and and familiarize yourself with it and get comfortable um, fuck yeah and, and maybe that lens is uh you're looking through that lens right into the mirror because i think, think that's where a lot of it starts is what we talk about a lot on the show and that's something i appreciate about you it's like you, you know what you're looking for yeah that mirror one well it's important that's well said it's i mean it's almost like it almost feels like drafted up given how well it fits the top the topic of today we, or we the have theme. a pa over here snl style with giant like cue cards <laughs> big marker oversized <laughs> cue cards uh well, so thanks for pain. giving away that secret <laughs> yeah. uh and thank you 
uh, in all seriousness, Corey, for finally getting your butt on the show because it was it was every bit as illuminating and fun as I, uh, I have I'd to hope. imagine we'll have him again too. He's one one we'll definitely have back on. Yeah, next episode we're gonna have him on. <laughs> He's the uh, like the third. The third. We, that, okay, cool. This Maybe was like that, a yeah, that's a primer. It's a test a, run. Exactly. It's exactly. exactly. my pleasure. You guys are uh, great to talk Corey, to. Corey, I don't know. Do you know this? You probably know this just by you know proximity to Grant. But you, we have a sign off for our show. Did you know that we had a sign off? You know what? I actually do know that you have a sign off because I listened to a few episodes when Grant first told me about it. Mm. And oh wow, that's yeah. you know, you're good. Good on, mate. That's oh, what they would I say think, down under. Wait, let's see if I nail um, it. Ten thousand. The number. Hours. The name. Is that the or the hours? The word. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a deep cut. Was it? That's a call. That's back. like more of like a intro thing, like a te- wait one zero zero, like yeah, that yeah. thing. Yeah, that's like an offer code for Squarespace. But the the sign off, I don't really remember what it is. Yeah, it's more of like uh, what you were saying. Here's the thing: it gets at what you were saying toward the end there. You're like, not too long. You don't want to say with it too long because eventually you do need to export it, Corey. You do need to publish it. You do need to upload it, or in our words, you need to ship it. Mm. Oh right, yep. and so maybe maybe Vinny, since I'm on this uh, this role, I might ask our guest, Mr. Corey C. Waters, could you leave us with a uh, a ship it? Wow, hang on, can we wait? What? <clears throat> <clears throat> Just ship it? Is that is it? I'm confused, maybe. You just say ship. I just say ship it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, Finny. Maybe just like Finny, just restart the recording. Okay. Just leave. Uh, here's what you're gonna do. Leave a little bit of space here, so okay. it sounds like you were just kind of like. Yeah. Just you were just thinking. Like, you were you were sitting in the moment before yep. you had like. <clears throat> ship it. Ship it. <laughs> ship it. Giving us all? No, it's just an echo effect. Do a hit. A run of three. Run of three. No, uh, I just... And that was... Series, I mean, take one. Corey Seawaters, ship it. Action. Ship it. Okay.